Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Miles Olson podcast. The subject of today's episode is the disorienting power of sex. And it's going to be a good one, so without further ado, let's begin. So Bob Monroe was an American businessman in the late 1950s. I believe he lived in Virginia and owned a cable company, and he also had his hands in radio broadcasting. And uh, in some ways, uh, you might say that Bob Monroe was living the American dream, the post-war American dream. He was a successful businessman, he had a wife, he had a family, and things were going well. He also was uh, somewhat of a scientific-minded man, not the kind of person that you would think of as very esoteric or spiritual or woo-woo. However, in, uh, I think, 1958, all of a sudden, Bob Monroe had a series of experiences leading up to something that he later described as an out-of-body experience. And what this meant in this case, in, in Robert Monroe's case, was that he was somewhere in between the waking and sleeping state, and he would experience these vibrations it's like his whole being was vibrating, and there would be a separation of his consciousness and his body, and he would all of a sudden be floating above his body, looking down on it. And he would be able to fly through the walls of his home and go check out what was going on in the neighborhood. Uh, and this happened once, and then it happened again and again, and at first it was a spontaneous occurrence, and then he began to learn how to actually initiate these out-of-body experiences. And he he began very soberly documenting them, and he, he ended up diving into this exploration for the rest of his life, essentially. And he wrote three books over, I think, three or four decades that um, very enjoyably in great detail, and with a kind of humility and agnosticism related his experiences. And I say agnosticism because he didn't attribute a specific um, spiritual meaning or significance or even a sense that what he experienced was something fundamentally true. He wasn't saying, hey, look, I had all these visionary experiences, and now I'm enlightened, and now I know the truth. He was saying, hey, this happened. I've been playing around in this field, and I've just very soberly documented it for people to check out and see what they think. Maybe they can try it out for themselves, see what happens. Um, the way that he related his experiences was very humble and straightforward and quite beautiful. It's been a few years since I read Bob Monroe's books, but as I remember it, um, and I remember it in broad strokes, so someone out there might correct me in the, uh, the details that I get wrong, but as I remember it, in his initial journeys out of the body, he didn't go that far afield. He would leave his body, he would check things out around the house, he might go check out what was going on at the neighbor's. And then he would try to verify the things he saw. He would ask a neighbor, hey, what were you doing at 1130 last night? Because I think I saw you writing a note in the bathroom or something. <laughs> you know, there would be a specific thing he saw that he could then try to verify. And in some cases, I believe he did get verification. Um, 
And over the years, he seems to venture further and further afield. Um, and, and at some point, he started leaving Earth entirely. And I don't remember the terminology he used. It wasn't normal spiritual terminology. It was, it was kind of his own vernacular that he either came up with or experienced during these out-of-body journeys. But as I remember it, when he would leave Earth, there was these like bands of consciousness or these bands of like different types of reality that he would tr- have to travel through as he went out of the Earth's field. And, and I, I seem to remember that one of those layers of reality or consciousness that a person or uh, a soul would go through when leaving the earth reality, uh, one of those layers, it was like very dense and it was filled with lost souls. And it, it was like a place where people would get hung up and confused and stuck and lost on their way away from earth. Uh, imagine, for example, if someone had died, they left their body and then on the way out of earth, they get caught up in this like confusing sphere of directionlessness and uh, disorientation. There was uh, several of these locations or layers that he would travel through uh, regularly. One of these layers that has been emblazoned in my memory, um, or one of the locations that he would kind of like fly past regularly on his out-of-body journeys was this heap of naked bodies and essentially the way that he described it was like just a writhing mass of naked lustful flesh like a bunch of naked bodies that had just piled up on top of each other and were engaging in you know this crazy hedonistic orgy and as he flew past it, it, it was like the, all of the beings that were part of this heap of flesh, it's like they had flown by it and become entranced by the titillating excitement of this pile of sex. And they had lost their sense of direction. They had lost their sense of self. The desire had subsumed them, and it's like they'd become somewhat of a zombie, and they'd sleepwalked or just been entranced into this pile of lust. And, and somehow Bob Monroe was capable of resisting this temptation, and he, I think the first time he encountered this pile of of naked bodies, he went up to it and he tried to pull someone out of it because these people seemed as though they were trapped. They were under some spell and he tried to pull someone out and they just wouldn't budge. Or maybe he pulled them out and they immediately, like a magnet, just just flung themselves back onto the heap of flesh. So this, um, this heap of bodies was a fixture in this cosmology that Robert Monroe would fly through when he was going out of body. It was one of the landmarks on the way out of the earth plane. And uh, it was this uh, site of great temptation where a spirit might completely lose its sense of self. It would become so enchanted by the lure of, of sex and temptation. And I remember thinking to myself, 
when reading his book and reflecting on it afterwards, man, I hope I don't end up on that pile of bodies. I don't know what would happen to me if I flew by it. Would I be, would I succumb to the temptation? I don't know. However, um, I feel like the pile of bodies is, is something maybe that we experience in our daily lives here and there. We've seen how it's a story as old as humanity itself, uh, where a, a person's entire life can be destroyed because of their uncontrolled and hurtful sexual impulses. And that in the same way that uh, sex has the power to create a life in an instant, it can also destroy a life in an instant in many, many different ways. If we don't understand and know how to hold the wild, fiery, passionate impulsivity of our sexuality, it can really fuck things up. It can hurt others. It can hurt us. It can make a real mess of, of, a, of a life. And I think it's one of the most fascinating areas to lean into for us as individuals. Um, to learn how to feel this strong, strong sexual yearnings we can have. And to be honest about when they're manifesting in ways that aren't healthy or that are pulling us in directions that can hurt others or hurt ourselves and then to accept that and learn how to do something healthy and positive with that energy with those feelings it's not easy it's it's maybe one of the most difficult things i work evenings as a server in a restaurant and about uh, somewhere between one and two years ago for some reason, I was in a period of my life where this uh, certain kind of mischievous, unhealthy sexual impulse inside of me was really under the microscope. Um, there was years of introspection and inner work and friends holding me accountable that led up to this moment in my life. I'm not going to go into those details for the sake of brevity, but uh, I kind of talk about it in my book, How to Open the Heart. I tell the story of my, my feet being held to the flames, so to speak, and me learning how to, how to acknowledge and accept that I maybe had some less admirable things I did with sexual desire and sexual impulses. At this particular point in time, what was happening was I was painfully aware that occasionally, actually somewhat often, once I really, really had this part of me under the microscope, um, I would go up to a table where a heterosexual couple was sitting, and I would notice this part of me that yearned for attention, it yearned for sexual energy. It was like an insatiable void that just wanted to be fed. Feed me energy, feed me attention, feed me validation. And I would go up to a table to serve them as a waiter, and I would notice this part of me like licking its lips at the woman, like wanting to, to flirt with her, and on this subtle energetic level, wanting to engage with her in this invisible, um, 
energetic or emotional flirtation. It wanted to feel some kind of energy run with her. It wanted to reach out and connect with her. And um, the, the problem with this is that the man in the situation was being um, forgotten or, or something worse. When this insatiable part of me would be licking its lips and wanting to run energy with the woman, it, I was closing my heart to the guy. There was this person here who was just like me. He was a vulnerable person. He was a sacred person. He, deserted, he deserved respect. He deserved to be treated with integrity. He deserved to have love in his life. And here I was with this kind of weaselly, mischievous part of me getting activated and wanting to get attention and energy from his girlfriend or his wife or whatever the case may be. And when I was younger, I might have let this part of me, um, you know, flirt a little bit, have a little bit of fun. And I would have let my heart close down to the guy. And it wouldn't have been on the surface, perhaps. Uh, that disastrous of a thing but for some reason well i mean for many reasons leading up to this i was now painfully aware of how bad this felt it was not a subtle thing in some back corner of my consciousness it was center stage i could feel this mischievous part wanting to act totally out of integrity to act in a way that was totally not honoring to the man's sacredness and vulnerability. And therefore, it wasn't honoring to sacredness and vulnerability in general, which are altars that I want to bow down to throughout my life. So because I had been developing an accountability to vulnerability and sanctity, the fact that I was impulsively shitting on that because there might be a pretty lady around or something, was somewhat embarrassing for me to own. And I remember um, feeling like this was like a wild force inside of me. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't outrageously flirting in a superficial way with anybody, but it was being stirred up in me and I could feel how my heart was closing to the man and, and, uh, there was like this impulsive automatic reaching out at the energy of the woman. And I felt like I had no control over it. I felt like it was just a force of nature, like a wind or, or something that just blew through me. And I didn't know how to hold that wind back and do something healthy and responsible with it. Um, and I, I remember feeling this come up and it's like... I would like, inside, I was like wrestling this force of nature in myself into stillness because it wanted to reach out at her energy. But I was like, no, you can't do it. It's wrong. That's wrong. So I would be holding it back, holding it back. And it felt like it took so much effort. And then I would go, you know, I would clear plates off of some, some couple's table and I would walk back into the dish area and I would just curse myself. I would be like, fuck, god damn it, I have no fucking control over this part of myself. Um, and it was very intense for a period of a couple weeks where this, this came really sharply into focus 
And there was some nights at work where I just didn't know what to do when this this force of sexual excitement and desire came up in me. And then I found what I thought was a very clever way of channeling this energy because it wouldn't it wasn't just going away. There was a sexual excitement that was like naturally that would naturally arise in me. And um and and it it was very hard for me to restrain. So after a while I decided, "Hey, I'm not going to let you." You know, I was talking to myself and I said, "Okay, We've got all of this energy. I'm not going to let you reach out to the woman or like um, let this energy run towards the woman. That's not allowed. But if you need to put it somewhere because it's so painful and uncomfortable and you just don't know how to handle this hot potato of your excitement, you can send it towards that guy. You're not allowed to send it towards the woman because that's out of integrity. But you can send all of the affection and warmth and good feelings you want in that guy's direction. In this context, sending that energy towards the man was uh, it was kind of like a way of, of rewiring a pattern in me. It was like, okay, I've acknowledged that there's this, this excitement that comes up in me. And that I have a way of handling that that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel in integrity. It feels like it's reaching out and flirting with somebody in a way that isn't clean and it doesn't honor everybody that's here. And so the next step was, okay, now I'm aware that this is happening and I'm freaking out and kind of freezing in shame and I have no idea what to do with it. The next step is, well, let's put it here. This feels like a a more honoring place to put it because now we're not cutting this guy out. There's a three-person interaction here and if I'm going to feel all this excitement, I need to like honor his role. Like this is his relationship. I'm just some guy here to serve them dinner and be nice to them. And if I happen to have these feelings come up, let me put them, if I need to put them somewhere, if I can't contain them, and I, and I wasn't yet able to, fuck it, just put it, put it to the guy, send it to the guy, give your attention and your energy to that guy, that'll be cleaner, and it was cleaner, it was immediately much cleaner, and I felt excited instead of going back to the dish pit and cursing myself, I was like, well, I guess that works, that's uh, not what I expected, but hey, feels cleaner, because my heart isn't closing to the guy, Actually, on the contrary, now I'm sending him all of this, like, excited, ecstatic energy. Um, And, uh, you know, maybe getting some pretty good tips as a result as well. Over time, that process, I guess maybe it started to integrate and... um, I found it easier to just contain that energy in general. When I felt some kind of like pang of excitement or attraction, I found it easy to um, to just let that go, to let it be like a, a wave that would rise and fall. And occasionally, um, if things felt like I couldn't just let that attraction like rise and fall, again, I would I would try to establish right boundaries in the situation if I'm interacting with a male female heterosexual couple and this um this this feeling of attraction comes up towards the woman i would uh i would just establish right boundaries and give a lot of focus and attention to the man so that this part of me that was excited 
could see the context. It's like, hey, guess what? There's this guy here, and we want to respect him. We want to treat him with dignity because he's a person just like us, and that's what we do. And so even when we feel excitement and attraction towards his partner, we look at him and we remember, ah, yes, that's the person that, he, that he's seeing right now. And, and, and in doing this, it's like I was sh- just establishing right boundaries when those feelings of attraction would emerge, not suppressing that, that attraction or energy so much as trying to learn how to do something healthy with it, to show it a healthy way, um, and to show it that uh, it's, it's possible to feel these feelings and just let them rise and fall, and it doesn't need to be anything more than just a, a passing feeling. There was one night that I remember quite clearly uh, serving a table where there was a couple, a man and a woman, and as soon as I got to the table, I could feel the woman's energy extremely open to me. It's like she was the one doing the reaching out. She was extremely open and it felt very inappropriate and uncomfortable. And because I'd been engaging in this practice of navigating these dynamics, I immediately, I didn't even engage in any kind of openness. I immediately just started focusing all of my attention on her partner. And you know, I still interacted with her. I asked her, you know, what would you like? Is there anything I can get you? Are you done with that? But the primary focal point for me was her her partner because that was a way of me keeping clean and establishing healthy boundaries and um, just not engaging in any strange flirtation. Um And I actually tried to do the opposite. I was very conscious of honoring this guy who, from my observations, seemed like a very wonderful catch. He was very attractive. He was extremely solid and kind and generous in the way that he interacted. And uh, I tried as much as possible, in an honest way, to treat him with dignity and deference and even try to like build him up in front of his partner to to compliment him and be kind not in a way that was inauthentic but in a way that um was certainly intentional i wanted to establish right right relation with this strange dynamic i wanted to be more clean and more honoring than normal because there was something a little haywire going on. My suspicion was that his partner was feeling quite open and flirtatious towards me and it wasn't because of me. It was because that might be something that she had a tendency to do. I didn't take it as a compliment. Um, I just took it as a pattern that that woman probably engages in and it didn't feel very nice or honoring towards this lovely man that she was um, in a relationship with. And I remember going back to the dish pit after clearing their table and feeling like, God, I'm so glad that I've been working on this part of me because honoring this guy feels a million times better like a zillion, infinitely better than it would have felt 
to flirt with his girlfriend in front of him. God, that feels so heartbreaking and depressing and pointless and sad. And it's definitely something that to various degrees I have engaged in throughout my life. Um, And it just feels so much more beautiful to make wiser choices in those dynamics. And I suspect that either on a conscious or subconscious level that the man picked up on it or it felt good to him because I received a ridiculously generous tip from him at the end of their meal. And that's not why I was um, trying to treat him with dignity. I was doing that because it feels good to treat people with dignity. And beyond even how good it feels to treat someone with dignity, it also feels amazing to feel that part of me, that needy, insatiable part of me that wants to, that wants um, instantaneous gratification. It wants this sense of validation. It wants female sexual energy, and um, and it feels amazing to. To, to feel that part and then to hold it there and say, hey, guess what? I'm not going to give you what you want the way you want right now. There's a better way. There's a way of receiving what you want that doesn't involve any uncleanness. It doesn't involve manipulation. It doesn't involve people's feelings being hurt. It's a way that involves everyone's feelings being taken care of. Um, There's something so beautiful about taking that raw, burning hot desire and holding it back and saying, you don't get to consummate that right now, not in this way, this isn't clean, and letting that that desire thrash and and like... And burn and not, not get what it wants in the heat of the moment and calm down and realize that that's not the end of the world. There's actually something beautiful that grows inside of us when we hold that back in the name of integrity or empathy or kindness. Um, there's something absolutely phenomenal that grows inside of us. It's a maturity. It's the ability to feel sexual desire, sexual excitement, and hold that in a conscious, empowered way, and not just be at the mercy of it, not just be, oh, this feels good, so me go play with this. It's like, yeah, this feels amazing, and going to do something like I want to do the most beautiful and intelligent thing. Uh, I want to not give myself permission to hurt people's feelings or hurt myself just to satisfy a passionate urge. I want to learn how to hold this passionate urge and be able to make wise choices. And more than anything, I want to not end up on that pile of hypnotized naked bodies that Bob Monroe would fly past on his out-of-body experiences. <laughs> oh boy. I could go on and on and on about this subject, but I think that's all for this episode. So I hope you enjoyed it. 
And until next time, I hope that we can all make beautiful, healthy, empathetic decisions when these very natural feelings come up in us. And uh, thanks for listening. Take care.